to refresh us. And Lord, I pray even that that awakening of your spirit, that we don't have to stir up, we don't have to look like anything to anyone else in particular, but for you, the awakening for Jesus, the person, the man, our Savior, our Redeemer. And so Jesus, we recalibrate our hearts this morning onto you. We refocus onto you. All the other distractions take second place. Every other thing takes second place to you this morning, Jesus. You are number one. Thank you that your word is always true. Here's what I can just hear him saying, that my banner over you is love. His banner over us this morning is His love. You may not feel worthy, it doesn't matter. He loves you all the same. Lord, I pray even this morning just that the banner of Your love would be released over this place and over our hearts, Lord. I thank you that you are always enough, that you are always enough. And Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would begin to release your healing presence in this room. And where we don't have enough faith, Lord, you would lift our faith even right now to see that you are perfection, that you are wholeness, that you are the healer. And Lord, I pray you would release the tangible healing power of Jesus Christ in this room for back pains, for arthritis, for blood disorders. Lord Jesus, release your healing presence right now, right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. of him gets bigger and and the others the, the our flesh nature gets smaller and smaller lord just enlarge your kingdom right now enlarge the awareness of you right now enlarge your your presence in this room right now in Jesus name release heaven over us today in Jesus name changing. It's just like opening up, just opening up right now.
love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. I thank you that you're here right now by your Spirit. You are here right now. We just acknowledge you this morning. We worship you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. You are higher than any other. And we just exalt your name this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I ask that you would just come and touch us, begin to touch us this morning. You begin to lift us into maybe a higher expectancy of who you are and what you can do and what you will do. Lord, that you would just relieve pain right now in Jesus' name. Lord, that you'd begin to take us deeper into your heart, deeper into your heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You're worthy of all our praise this morning. If this is all we did today, then it's all been worth it. Because He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our affection. He's worthy of our love. He's worthy of our praise and our adoration. And so we give you that this morning, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. saying that there's doubts and fears that are being washed off right now. Doubts and fears. So Lord, by your blood and your authority, begin to wash away every doubt and every fear in the name of Jesus Christ. Every doubt and every fear Leave in the name of Jesus. And it gets replaced with His love and with faith. His love and with faith to go higher, to go further, to go wider. open ears and open hearts this morning, Holy Spirit. Speak to us. Speak to us. The whispering voice of the Spirit is so powerful. That quiet, still voice of Holy Spirit 
that just whispers gently into our spirit sometimes is so powerful. He may be saying, let it go. He may be saying, grab hold. He may be saying, it's time. He may be saying, draw in. Whatever he's saying this morning, obey the voice of God. blessing prayer this morning. Release heaven in them, Jesus. Release your presence in them and through them. Release life in them and through them. Your life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. over us this morning. I speak the life of the Spirit over us today. The life of the Spirit of God over us today. Where there's questions, where there's maybe closed doors, we speak the life of the Holy Spirit into those situations, into those relationships. The life of the Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You can grab a seat. Awesome, awesome. Why don't you give these guys a round of applause? Aren't they amazing? And I, I was told they didn't plan to dress so um, well together this morning. They just did it. So, you know, it's awesome. Amazing, amazing. Well, it was only last week I was up here in a scarf and we were trying to work out how to get our heaters working. And so Rocky got them fixed this week, and they really work now. And uh, so we'll see. Yeah, maybe we will need them ne- next week. Anyway, so we're, we're trying to work out ways of really getting our cooling working too, so that on the hot days it's going to be really nice in here. Um, but um, we are just such a blessed people, are we not? Yeah. And um, God is doing some really good things. I want to congratulate Ryan. 
Stand up, Ryan. <laughs> 42 kilometres yesterday he ran. A marathon, an absolute marathon, yes. And, um, and he was looking good too. I drove past him, probably K number 30, I calculate. I reckon it was about 28 or 30. He was looking pretty good. So if you want some running lessons, $100 an hour, Ryan will take you running. And... Um, yeah, he has the crown in this house of key runner. <laughs> but he's, he's got me re-motivated again. Anyway, what an achievement. So that was raising money for the India trip. If you haven't had a chance to give to that yet, you can still give, um, give Ryan or Louise um, a gift and they will put it toward the India trip, um, uh, of which Ryan, uh, Ryan's raised over $1,000 in that. Uh, and the soups have raised, I, I think, one or two thousand as well. So they're able to really um, bless Jonathan and Champa. And let me tell you, on behalf of Jonathan and Champa, they are excited. Champa sent us a few emails saying they are counting down the days f- until the team come. This means so much to them, so much to them, uh, that us as a house, and if we aren't able to go ourselves, we can give $50 or give $100. It makes a difference. And for the whole team to be able to go with gifts, to be able to go and be generous um, to Jonathan and Sharpa, it, it means a huge amount for them. And so I really want you to know that, how much it means. Um, and we were only thinking the other day that it, it's such a, a blessed thing. We've been able to, since we've been pastors, we've been able to do a Fiji trip. Um, I know that was a soft missions trip, but we did it, you know. <laughs> um, and then we went to Myanmar and now India. And so what a blessing to be able to spread uh, generosity and preach the gospel in these different nations. And this is not a small thing. We, we don't just sort of forget about these things. We put them in the book of remembrance and we pray and we remember these things uh, because it's good to do that. And um, also, yeah, I want to just remind you like Ryan did about prayer houses um, yeah, Hughes had to go to South Africa to support his family. So Hugh and Kylie won't be able to run theirs this week. Uh, and Tony and Robin had a previous engagement. So there, there'll be the four main groups running this week. So please make sure you get connected. Make sure one of you can go along to the prayer house because um, this is a key part of our church. This is not something we want to just casually go about. It. I really, really want to encourage each one of you to get involved in a prayer house Um, because if we aren't praying as a a church family then there's something wrong and I mean praying and consistently praying and so we want to take that deeper we want to take that higher is that okay awesome thanks Andrew I love it Roger you had words with him did you last week yeah good so today I want to talk on on one of my um projects actually because I haven't attained to the highest level in this area Um, but it is an area that I think in the coming days we're going to need more and more of and it's called discernment and I've called it the quiet powerhouse because um, this particular gift which is it, it is a gift and we'll read that in a moment is so pivotal on making nearly right decisions or really right decisions. 
It's so easy for us in our daily walk, in our careers, in our relationships, in whatever things we get involved with, it's so easy to do a whole life of nearly right. And we can achieve certain things, we can see certain fruits, and and we can maybe even be a certain amount of happiness. But there's a big difference between nearly right and really right. And really right is when we operate in the gift of discernment to bring out the refined gold, not the gold with dross in it. And it's a very, very, very small difference that can make a huge difference in the end. And I'm sure a lot of you have seen that. Maybe it's relationships, maybe it's groups you've been involved with or uh, you know, choices that you and I make that are pivotal in our lives, or they may seem small to begin with, but then they have real ramifications down the track. It's the gift of discernment that sheds light on this issue, and it sheds light on truth or not quite truth. And the reason I'm not going polar opposites and saying wrong from right is because I really do believe um, that this gift is so finely tuned in a certain way in us over time that it is very, very hard to see the difference between sort of a 10 out of 10 and an 8 out of 10. If you, do you know what I mean by that? But the 8 out of 10 isn't the fully tuned in gift of discernment to bring out the 10 out of 10, which will bring the true result, the great fruit of the kingdom. It'll bring the purity out. And so um, I'm, I'm going to mention... Three people that to me, which this might seem strange, but, you know, if we're a family, we can do this sort of thing, um, who operate in this gift at a high level, but they're probably three people that you may not think of. And one is Karen, my wife. (laughs) She operates very, very highly in the gift of discernment. Jenny Nelson's another one. Very, very highly in the gift of discernment. And Ryan's another one. And... um, it's, it's an reason, the reason I mention those names, because often we don't do that because we don't want to sort of leave someone out or make someone feel strange, but why not? Why not recognize the gift? We do in every other area in life. And so I think that it's important that we can actually look and see the difference when, when people operate in this gift. There's a different nature to, to their heart. There's a different, there's a purity because if someone has the gift of discernment and they don't carry purity, it's going to be a muddied gift. And then it turns into judgment because they might discern something in someone or they might discern someone in that church or in that leader or whatever else. But because they're not walking in holiness and purity, it becomes a pride and it becomes a judgment. And so all of a sudden, what, what was a gift and a blessing turns into actually a heaviness and a weight. And it actually does the anti-Christ work, not Christ's work. Do you know what I mean? And so this is why purity and holiness need to be very, very closely linked with anyone who wants to prophesy, anyone who wants to b- operate in the prophetic realm or in discerning right from wrong or discerning of spirits. And so we have to be very careful. Uh, and, and as I'll always remember that any time we want to discern or, or you know, operate in this realm, we need to remember that we are to hold that for ourselves first and foremost. And when in that posture of humility, then we can walk in a bit of overflow perhaps if we're sensing something about someone else. And then we operate out of humility, out of purity. And then that gift can flow properly. And so 
And, um, you, I mean, you'll see it if you've searched the internet. You know, you'll see people discerning things all over the world about all sorts of things. And, I mean, I have great men and women of God that believe one thing that's happening right now in the world, that God's judgment may be occurring in some places. And then I've got other men and women of God that I love that say, no, God's not doing that. He's pouring out his love and he's not doing judgment. And does anyone else have this quandary sometimes where you're, you're wondering, is it judgment or is it his love and he wants to say rah, rah, rah? Well, I haven't got a good answer for you this morning. I'm sorry, but there's certain doctrines, theologies, ideologies and things that I just don't have better down. And I'm actually okay with that. Like the whole end times. I'd love to give you a great end time sermon or series one day and sound really good. But I know when I was in my teens, I heard end times things about things that were going to happen and dates and events that just never happened. Now, some would say maybe they're going to, but, but these were things that were going to happen at a certain time, and this is the way things were going to play out. They just haven't played out like that. And so I'm not saying I have no idea whatsoever. Of course, I read the book of Daniel. I read the book of Revelation, and I try to get an understanding. But what I don't have is a clear picture that I can give to everyone else that you have to suddenly start believing. And the gift of discernment is the one that helps us learn what is the Holy Spirit saying to me. And so first, it's actually a personal gift. And, and this is what we often forget when we, um, and we'll read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you want to go there, we'll go there in a minute. But often when we read about spiritual gifts, it's so easy to apply it to other people. But wouldn't the gift of discerning of spirits be of use to ourselves first and foremost? Of course it would, of what we believe. What do we believe? And so the gift of discernment first is to be applied to us so that we can discern right from wrong in ourselves and what do we believe and what don't we believe. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul is writing to the Corinthians and um, there's, there's so much in the two books to the Corinthians um, uh, that Paul is laying down basic principles of the faith. And, um, and so I find myself reading it regularly over and over again just because it's, it's really good basics and foundational truths. And so then he touches on spiritual gifts um, and then obviously 13 is the love chapter and then 14 he goes back to the, the miraculous or the gifts or the revelatory realm. And so we can see those two things embedded in love always. Anyway, verse 1, chapter 12. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to become ignorant. You know that you were once pagans, somehow or another you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works in all of them. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit of a message of wisdom to another message of knowledge by means of the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by that one spirit to another miraculous powers to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits or in other versions discerning between spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and still another interpretation of tongues all these are the work of one and the same spirit and he gives them to each one just as he determines. Now, I want to say 
one thing quickly about that last line because this has puzzled me for probably about 10 or 15 years. If, if we hold to a very, very true Calvinistic view of the sovereignty of God, we're going to read that and say, well, I'm not going to seek after gifts because it's purely the scattering hand of the Lord. He just randomly scatters gifts across the, the face of the earth and whoever gets what, we just, go, we just take that. And the interesting thing is we generally don't apply that principle in any other area of our life. We go after things. We achieve things. We go to university to learn a certain thing. We go, we go and build our careers on knowledge and skill and over time. We maybe invest in certain areas. And so I think it's the same with the kingdom of God. Of course, we've got to recognize what flows well for us, what flows easy for us. Where is there an anointing in our lives? And and I think you begin to recognize that over years of discerning, years of seeking the Lord out, not days. And so in years of doing that, we begin to realize, wow, okay, I'm seeing that I'm, you know, some people might say, I'm a real people person. I want to be around people all the time. Some people don't want to be around me, but I want to be around people all the time. And so there's that pastoring gift in me. And so once we recognize that pastoring gift, we say, wow, I like that. That's a supernatural gift that's been given to me. Now I'm going to go greater in that. Now maybe you can become a teacher in that area. And Do you know what I mean? So we operate out of what we've been given in authority, but we can steward it, we can grow in it, and we can also seek other things. Discerning of spirits. Now, this sounds like purely the gift of if someone comes forward, you know, maybe at home group or at, at, at after the altar and you're praying for them or you're out in the street doing street evangelism. And this sounds like purely it's the gift to be able to discern which spirit does that person have. And that's what I have, have thought for a long, long time. However, we can clearly see that when Jesus was operating in the gifts of the Spirit, there were occasions in the New Testament um, where the Spirit was identified, but a lot of the times it wasn't. And so Jesus just operated in this gift, whether it was known or not. But this is just like the, the let's say, 5% of the gift. The other 95% is discerning everything that we do, everything that we believe, everything that we stand for, who are we meant to be in close relationship with, and it's discerning all the spiritual warfare and activity that's going on around us at any one time. Because, you know, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of darkness are at war around us. Now, again, you'll get some people, like I listened to a podcast last night. I think I fell asleep to it, praise God, because it was an hour of really heavy going. This guy was really fired up. So I feel sorry for those people that were attended that meeting that night because they got absolutely hammered. Um, but you'll find that sometimes if, if guys are perhaps pr prophetic and uh, operating in that, and maybe they've come out of a week of fasting and praying, and they come to a meeting, and so all they focus on is that heavy darkness warfare kind of attitude. And, and, but everyone else has just been on holiday in Fiji, and so they're coming going, where's this guy coming from? And so to discern rightly is not to knock what maybe is being preached and maybe for the preacher it's not to completely bombard everything with what he's had in the closet during that week with the Lord it's discerning the atmosphere it's discerning what's going on and saying what is right for now and and this is where I believe that there's two key areas 
that we as believers need to operate in a very high level of discernment to actually achieve the fruit of the kingdom, like I picture when I picture fruit. Firstly, it's personal discernment for people atmospheres around us. And secondly, it's global. And so what I mean by that is that the gift of discernment for discerning spirits may be in a person and that sort of thing, like I said, is a very minor part, I think, of the gift of discernment. But the gift of discernment will be like when 10 people in the room have their torches on and so all of them are there, but then when you operate in the gift of discernment, you just put on a whole floodlight. So there's already people in the room, they're they're believers, they believe the gospel, they understand things. But the gift of discernment sheds a whole new light above that to shine forward for you and for me, maybe individually, personally. What is really God wanting for me right now? Do you know what I mean? Because it's not to say someone's a believer or not a believer. That's not for us to judge. But what we are to judge is the conduct of our own heart, of our own spirit, of our own thoughts. And so it's very, very pertinent then to see what atmospheres do we encourage around us in our homes when we're out socializing. And to discern those is a very, very important thing because those atmospheres that we carry with other people, if we don't discern them and we just go with the flow and... and you know, think everything's going to be okay, it doesn't matter, nothing affects me, then we are going to be turning down that floodlight. We just turn it down, we just dial it down. And so everyone else's flashlight's still on and they override ours. And so we can give away this gift and then not, not even operate it in, uh, in any way, shape or form. And it's, this is, I mean, this is something you could probably talk about for like a whole month because there's so much in discernment, but I've just got to keep coming back to my key points, otherwise I'm going to get lost. I want to give you one really, really powerful thing to remember that Sharpa Rice actually, I think she taught it when she was here a few couple of years ago, and she taught Karen and I this, and we remind each other regularly of this. You know when, um, and it never happens here, okay, so let's just lay this down. But you know when you're talking to someone and there's just, there may be control, there may be a little bit of, oh, what is on them this week? Where have they been hanging out this week? But there's just, maybe they're pushing an agenda onto you. Maybe there's just, a, there's something there that you're just not comfortable with. And um, Sharpa has told us to listen to the blink moments. As in when you go, oh, okay, what was that? Do you know what I mean? You just blink. And what, what, in, listen to the blink. That's what she's saying, basically. Listen to the blink. Because in the blink, it's very small, it's very quick. If, if you operate in the flesh, you'll completely cancel it out and you'll say, no, oh, I'm just being silly. No, oh, I'm just being silly. But the little blink is that little flash moment where you go, something's not right here. I'm discerning something. I may not even know what I'm feeling or discerning, but I'm just not feeling it right now. As in, I'm not feeling okay. I'm not feeling safe. I'm not feeling a flow. And therefore, give yourself permission to exit the conversation. Isn't that okay? Give yourself permission to exit the conversation. Because love is not taking on something that wasn't yours in the first place to take on. Mercy isn't just listening to everyone else's baggage. Compassion isn't just agreeing with a person who may be toxic or negative. 
And so we've got to give ourselves maturity and position and permission to say, hmm, okay, I just had a blink moment. All right, I love you. I'm just going to go and uh, um, do something very important right now. Yeah, whatever that might be. Give yourself an exit. And it's okay. And we give each other permission to do that here. Because sometimes you're going to come on a Sunday morning, you might have had the worst week of your life. You're just not going to feel like having those big bubbly conversations maybe. And that's okay. It's okay. You can just sit, relax, worship, receive on that morning. You don't need someone entering into your fortress maybe, cracking the doors open and sort of blowing up a a piece of dynamite in there. Do you know what I mean? It can feel like that, can't it? It can't, can't, can't it, Tricia? (laughs) These are just like little pieces of wisdom that I've learned all the wrong way. (laughs) I can remember certain times where, um, and I, I must admit, and Karen and I often sort of to and fro on this because she does have really, really sharp discernment. And so, Um, even though uh, a lot of the times she'll remain very quiet and won't sort of put her opinions out there or anything like that, um, this gift is like a priceless jewel. It goes very, very closely hand in hand with wisdom. Very, very close hand in hand with wisdom. And we can see the benefit of that for Solomon and and many of the great uh, people in the Bible. But I can remember times when I've had the very, very small voice of discernment, just uh, like a spark inside my spirit, just a little spark, and I get a check on something. And generally in my life, I'll be honest with you, I haven't listened to it. First, I've said, oh, that was just me. That person's beautiful. Look at them. I mean, they're just so talented they're amazing they're they're awesome and i'm just all i'm doing is just dialing down the floodlight of discernment just dialing it down winding it down not knowing i'm i'm hurting myself because i'm the one who's going to pay the consequences of not obeying the gift of discernment in me which actually i believe we all have because it's the voice of the holy spirit and the closer we get to him the closer we the more we can hear that but as we begin to operate in that more and more then I can see various times in my life where I've clearly not listened to that discernment, that little blink moment, and therefore the consequences down the track, I then have to clean up the mess. It didn't start in a mess, but it ended in a mess. And it all began with just a little spark inside, a spark of discernment. However, the good thing is, as I've learned to more and more listen to that, it's, it's much more than a spark now. It's, it's like a good old-fashioned flame in there. And so I listen to this. And, and hang around people with discernment, please. This is important. I've noticed with Karen, and I've said to her quite a few times, that um, her gift of discernment has rubbed off on me. And uh, I remember a, a, a situation... Um, and, you know, over the years with our company and things, I've had to interview a lot of people. And I remember situations where I've been in the interview room and the person's CV, their resume, is brilliant. Brilliant. In the flesh and without the little flicker of discernment, you'd hire them in a flash. But there's just something wrong. There's just something wrong. And there's many times where I didn't listen to that and I paid for it. But the few times that I can remember where I listen, I'm like, oh, I saved myself 
such a hassle, a confrontation, a problem, maybe a whole disease beginning to grow. And so this gift will prevent horrible circumstances. But it will also cut you off from toxic people. Let me warn you of that. Toxic people will not like you anymore when you operate in holiness, purity, and discernment because they'll feel the purity on you. They'll feel the searchlight on you. They'll feel that searchlight going out. You won't even mean to. You won't even look at them. But there's that searchlight just going out. It's like, don't mind me. You walk into a room and there's a little searchlight that goes off and you'll see people just move away from you. They're just, oh, okay, at the party where 50 people are in the room, they'll just begin to walk over the other room because they don't want to talk to you. Why? Because there's a purity and a holiness in that gift. It's like Holy Spirit himself just shining a little light in the room. But it's a brilliant gift, and the church, we need to operate in this gift corporately so that we can discern. If I go to, um, let me give you an example of that. If I go to 1 Timothy chapter 4, Verse 1 says, The Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Now, how on earth can this happen? This is believers, like you and I. Believers are all of a sudden going to be deceived somehow and believe things taught by demons. This is where we need the gift of discernment. We need to discern very, very clearly what is truth and what is nearly truth, because Christians don't get deceived with wrong stuff, completely wrong. They get, they get deceived by nearly right. And so this is where we have to be tuned into the Spirit. We have to know the Word of God. We have to understand. We have to hang around people with discernment so that we don't get deceived and forfeited from the destiny that God's got for us by operating in this gift. One thing that that I think trips up a lot of people from operating rightly in the gift of discernment is compassion. And I don't mean Andrew Marsh, the compassion that he heads up. I mean the merciful pastoral gift of compassion. When we have compassion for one another, which is a beautiful thing and it's called love. And we are to love one another above all else. But we don't love one another and sit in bed agreeing with each other of how negative everyone else is and how bad these churches and that church is that is not compassion that is toxic and it is a disease but many people call that compassion many people when they get together in a negative group they have mercy hearts together and they might gather but they gather under negativity and that's not compassion either and so we need to be very clear on what is true godly christ-like compassion it still is truth And you may love someone, you may get really close to them and help them through a hard time or even a time where they've suffered from some negativity, but you still speak the truth. You speak the truth in love. And you say, I love you, I want to help you, but I'm telling you I'm not going to listen to toxic negativity that you're spewing out because that's not right. But I'm still going to help you and bake you a cake and mow your lawns or whatever I can do for you because I love you. But loving you doesn't mean I'm taking on your baggage. In fact, I'd advise you get rid of your baggage. Do you know what I mean? This is sharp discernment when we can operate like this because, you know, it's not, this is not like the masses operate like this, is it? 
The masses of Christianity do not operate like this. But I believe that as the time draws near where Jesus is going to return, the church, us, we are going to have to operate in a very, very much higher level of discernment to know who are we going to let, who are we going to get close to? Who are we going to listen to? Because, you know, like I said, I mean, even I get confused. I listen to, you know, one podcast one night and, and it's and it's all amazing and, you know, there's nothing wrong in the earth and then another podcast and there's, you know, disaster and judgment and whatever else and I'm sitting there going, man, like, can you listen to the guy last night and can you listen to him and find out where's the happy medium in that? Because, you know, some prophetic fiery guys are just seeing everything. Others, you know, have a, have a teaching or a mercy or an evangelistic bent and so do you know what I mean like discerning all of this and then discerning how do I operate in amongst that well we operate the way the Holy Spirit wants us to operate so we have to discern his voice to say this is what you're to believe this is what you're not even to have a a a theology on I mean here's something that's wrecked me for about 10 years is Martin Luther who's one of my heroes he thinks one of my favorite books of the Bible was the epistle of straw the book of James. And, and I read the book of James and I think, I love the book of James. And yet Martin Luther, the great reformer, thinks it shouldn't have even been canonized. Well, I don't think he thinks that anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? But you know what I mean. So, so if we don't discern, and even from great leaders, it doesn't matter how famous or what big stage, what they believe still needs to be distilled through your filter and Holy Spirit into discernment for you. Because what, what is right in Africa may not be right for us. What's right in Adelaide may not be right for Philippines or for wherever else. We need to contextualize it and filter it down through the gift of discernment to know, okay, I'm not all of a sudden going to go out and, um, I'm just going to say it anyway, buy a beautiful Joel Osteen suit, even though I'd love one, you know what I mean? Just so that I can look like him, sound like him, I need to be me. Now, watch this space. Who knows, five years I might have a suit on. <laughs> or a Benny Hinn one or something, I don't know. You know bring it on, hey. I tell you who I'm enjoying listening to lately. It, and I don't mind a little bit of a punch in the face from preachers, okay? I don't try to do it myself, but I don't mind one. Rodney Howard Brown is really good for a punch in the face every now and then. And so, anyway, so uh, I just throw that out there. But he's got random things that I will probably never believe. So I have to use a gift of discernment to discern what is right for me. And then how does that play out in my life? For example... I've had to, and, and Karen and I talk this stuff through all the time, it's like, what is to be our major emphasis as a ministry? Because every ministry has a major, right? Every, every ministry has something that they're really, really known for. And, so, and, and it would be completely up to us in one sense to preach on it every week and to, it, it might be, you know, social justice, which is a great thing to do. But if all of a sudden, just because it's a nice thing to do, it's a nearly right thing to do for us, every week we preach on social justice, we start giving into those ministries, we start going for it, and everyone starts jumping on the bandwagon, and, and lo and behold, that little spark in here all along was going, well, you're doing really well in that area, but it's not what I called you to. 
And so it looks good to everyone. We might even grow and double and triple and all this sort of stuff because, you know, those same people who have that same social justice street come along and they love what we're saying. But all along, for us, I mean for Harvest Australia Church and for Karen and I leading this church, it wasn't quite right. It was nearly right. And so what, what to other people can seem really fine, good, dandy, awesome, may not be right with Holy Spirit and you. And so it becomes a very, very intimate place to learn the gift of discernment. One of the most powerful things that I believe to operate in the gift of discernment is a very simple word with two letters, and it's called no. When someone wants something from you, and you know it's not quite in your capacity or in your authority or you know where you should be at or what, whatever, just saying... I love you, but no. It's really powerful. Now, Irene has taught this to us, hasn't she, Dal? <laughs> because she'll say no. It doesn't matter who you are or how nice the day is. If she's not feeling right by the Holy Spirit and there's not a peace on it, no, I'm sorry. I'm not coming around for lunch today. No, I'm sorry. I, I love you. I, I'm sure it's going to be an amazing event that you want me to come to, but no, I don't feel a peace on that. And we've got to give each other permission to do this because if we don't, we, we throw a chain of obligation on one another. And as, as soon as we throw a chain of obligation, it then comes into control. And we don't want to operate in control because then it leads to other things. And so being wise and actually truly loving one another is freeing one another, freeing one another to operate in our discernment ourselves. And so if you don't discern something is important for you, that's okay. But it's empowering to ourselves, isn't it? It's empowering. It's like, wow, that is awesome. Because we could be banging on about every single tragedy that's going on in the world right now this morning out of compassionate and mercy. And of course, we, we feel the same things when we see what's going on in the world. But if we do that to the detriment of our discernment that needs to empower a group of people and raise us up to operating kingdom principles, then we haven't listened to that gift ourselves. And all we've done is fed you with a news flash. News flashes. We can all see that stuff that's going on right now. That's why we're having prayer houses, to pray into some of those things and to be a praying people for that, for that sort of stuff. But it's easy for us to just repeat what other people are saying around the world. And there's great books and CDs and conferences and everything that we can watch and we can do all that. We don't need to repeat that here on Sunday morning. What we need to do is hear from God himself. Hear from the Holy Spirit. What do you want for me right now? What's my job situation looking like? And learning to hear his voice and discern truth from nearly truth, I believe, is like a V8 that's silent. A V8 engine that is purely silent. Because generally people operate in a very high level of this. Don't brag about it. They don't go around telling them, by the way, I discern everything in this room today. And this is where prophetic movements have gone wrong. There's a gift of discernment there, yes. But there's not a maturing in the gift of discernment. And so the gift of discernment was right. Initially, the sense was correct. Something's maybe a little out here or something there or maybe we need to pray into that. But instead of submitting that gift and growing in that gift into maturity, it warps the gift. And, it, and then it turns off track. 
And so it's very important that as the end times get closer and closer, and there will be people that will come and preach a gospel that is very close to the real gospel, but we need to be mature enough to say, that's not my gospel. That's not quite my Jesus. You're putting onto me something that's, I want to believe it. I want to, my flesh likes you. You're a good looking dude and I like the sound and the music and everything else. But there's just something there that doesn't resonate with my spirit. And if you have a, a word of God spirit that's filtered in the word of God as much as you possibly can and you've got good counsel, good people that you're hanging around, you can be pretty certain that you're going to be hearing from God. And it may even be different for different ones of us. Now, what I mean by that is the gospel is the gospel. There's no shaking of that. But there's some voices that some will listen to and will have no effect. It'll be fine. But if the person next to you began to listen to them, it's going to influence them in a way that's wrong. Why? Because there's an emphasis there that they're not ready for. Or maybe they're not ready to hear that right now. Or maybe that emphasis would end up sinking their boat. It's still maybe a right word, but it's not the right season. The word's right, but the season's wrong. And so we need to be able to discern the right seasons and the right voices that we're to be listening to right now. Like last night, I probably shouldn't have listened to that guy because, you know, it was just like, oh, Jesus, are you even going to, you know, is there anything good in the world? (laughs) But anyway, and that's okay. And you know what? I've learned to get in a posture myself where I listen to that guy go, Jesus, that's awesome. Bless that guy. He is an amazing man of God, and he is far more advanced than I am, and I bless him. I have no judgment toward him. It could have just been a stomachache that got him this morning. (laughs) Or maybe that's a revelation you're showing him right now and he needed to release to those people. Bless him, Jesus. See, no judgment. In discerning what wasn't right for me at the time, there's no judgment. It's freedom and it's blessing and it's releasing. It's empowering, isn't it? And this is not something I really want to whip you up in today. This is like a very basic thing that a lot of you know and operate in. But I think it's really important to um, recognize things. I want to I make a clear um, distinction using Romans chapter 8, verse 5. This is a very, very, this sums up everything I've said. For if you want to grow in the gift of discernment. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. This is the difference between the person who lives out of discernment and the person who maybe lives for God sometimes and does things really well and it it looks good but still feeds the flesh. And the flesh is an unfortunate thing. It always needs more food, more food, more food, more food. It's a machine that never is satisfied. It just needs more and more. And then when you mistake, when you make a mistake in the flesh, it gets bigger in a year's time because it came out of the flesh. What's born out of the flesh will have fleshly consequences. What's born out of the spirit will have life. And so discerning people operate out of spirit, not flesh. And it, it, this is a, it's a deep gift. This, this is not something we just sort of pump it up, hype it up, and sort of do three-night session with. This is a very practical gift. 
that will take, I believe, the rest of our lives to get right and then we perfect it when we get up there. But as we walk with Jesus and we listen to him and we filter it through the word of God, filter it through the word of God, and we just listen, uh, you know, and, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step on eggshells for two minutes so you can block your ears if this isn't for you. But I find it rather heavy when a lot of prophetic emphasis is on all the demonic strongholds and things that are going on and bang, 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 and I'm seeing this, I'm seeing that, I'm seeing that, and there's more disasters coming and rah, rah, rah. And then I read the Gospels, and I think Jesus must have known all this stuff. And yet, he didn't really preach it. And sure, he preached that there'll be tough times and you're going to have to be strong and you're going to have to, you know, go out and preach and, and you know, you're going to have to stand amongst wolves, etc., etc. But he didn't emphasize anything. He didn't take strongholds over any of those cities. He didn't go and do a lot of the strategies of man over the regions. He just came with the kingdom of God. And he lived the kingdom of God. And when we live discernment, it's going to look like the kingdom. Because people will look at us and say, I don't know why you made that decision, but I'm telling you right now, that was a damn good one. <laughs> and um, it, it is, it's a blessing, I'm telling you. It, I, I wish there was a little more detail I could just throw out there, but I don't know if it's wise today. But what I'm saying is even the people you hang around, the people you hire, the people, the, the jobs you go to, that where you invest your money, how you spend your time, etc., etc., etc. There are, I believe in, in the end times, I believe there's enough in Scripture to show that things are going to get confusing which means the kingdom of God is going to advance and the kingdom of the enemy is going to try and advance. But it's going to get a little confusing as the time draws near. And so we're going to need this gift to stand strong and to say, no, I'm not doing that. I'm doing this. Even if the whole herd's going that way, Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm sure I'm hearing from you. I've got a witness in the Word of God. I've got three or four people around me who I've totally submitted this to, who have got a much better gift of discernment than I have. I've asked them to check me on this, and, and they've all checked me on this. I've got to do this thing. And if we obey the Holy Spirit, we will never go wrong. We will never make a wrong mistake if we obey the voice of the Spirit. Let's stand this morning. I want to pray corporately that we would mature in this gift radically. And it's not because you're not or I'm not. I actually think we have a great body of mature believers. But I believe there's a whole new level in the gift of discernment to go to so that our conduct, our conduct, not everyone else's, we don't worry about everyone, our conduct lives the life of a discerning believer a discerning believer, sharply discerning, acutely discerning, maybe saying nothing most of the time and something very little of the time. This gift is not a glory gift. This gift is not a power gift. This gift is not something that people are going to necessarily pat you on the back for. But it is one of the greatest powerhouse gifts, I believe, to the body of Christ. So let's lift our hands and let's receive a greater impartation of that today. Paul says, 
eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And today, Lord Jesus, we recognize that this gift of discernment is an incredible gift to us and how we live and to the wider community around us. And Lord, I ask that even today you would take us up a whole new level in the gift of discernment and to match that a whole new layer of love so that we can release love in our discernment and we don't put anyone down by sensing anything on anyone, but the love of Jesus expressed in us will pull out the gold in other people. And everywhere we go, we'll know why we're there. We'll know what we should be doing. We'll obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we give you permission to speak louder to us. Help us make better decisions. Help us make kingdom decisions. Help us walk like you, talk like you, make decisions like you. Pull away from people when we need to pull away, just like you did. But then love on people, even people who betray us, just like you did. So, Lord, we ask, make us so big in this gift. Make us so big in this gift. Make this gift overflow in this house. Let this gift overflow greatly in us and through us so we will shine like the, like with, with your purity and your holiness. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want the worship team to come up. I'm going to do something I don't think we've ever done in this church ever. But um, Paul says to Timothy, fan into flame the gift that you received at the laying on of my hands. And so uh, some of these gifts are received by an impartation. So I want Jenny, Ryan and Karen to come, if they're feeling okay with that. And if you want to receive a new layer, an impartation of the gift of discernment, and it could be everyone, I don't know, then come out quickly. And they're just going to quickly pray over you because Ryan's knackered. (laughs) <laughs> and, and the ladies may not have you know, too much energy to spend hours So you just come, line up We'll go right round the front here uh, And they'll just come over you And they'll just pray quickly over you I'd need three or four strong guys Just to stand behind them as they pray And uh, the worship team are just going to worship You're free to go if you need to go If not, share a coffee with us We'd love to say hello And please join a prayer house this week And uh, we'll have a great night of praying together.